Finding your life of bad choices and bad decisions just a bit overwhelming, really hard to live with? Well, if you're looking for rest, we have an answer for you. Stick around. Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard is coming up next. There are those who celebrate bad choices, bad decisions, a living that is unrighteous, doing horrible things. The problem is, after a while, it begins to be rather draining. Living a hard life can be hard on somebody, and we find ourselves in need of desperate rest, eternal rest, complete rest from all the bad decisions, all the sin. Well, we have an answer for you out of Hebrews chapter 3 today, here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Join us as we take a look at those answers together. In chapter 3, verse 7 through 413, that segment is a warning section. He's talking to his audience, and he said, I'm telling you, you better believe the message we're giving you or your destiny is doomed. And he, first of all, he cites a historical fact. Our people at one time were offered the promised land, and all they had to do is believe that what I promised Abraham uh, that I would let his descendants be in Egypt for 400 years, then I would lead them out, and I'm ready to give you the land that I promised. Uh, By the way, I've already opened the Red Sea. I've already performed the 10 plagues. I sent Moses, a deliverer. Uh, I brought you all this way. You've seen my power. You've seen my miracles. You've seen my deliverer. Now, I'm ready to give you the land. Yeah, you're ready. And the majority response was, no, we don't believe you can do it. The giants are big. God, haven't you been over there and surveyed the land? There's lots of giants over there that we just can't. And God said, this is the time. You can It it, it rides on my promise. It rides on my power. Go, enter. No, we can't. We can't. We won't. And they hardened their heart. They disobeyed God, so they never entered God's rest. And so he marched them to death. Uh, All that generation, everyone 20 years of age and older was marched to death. Only Joshua and Caleb were spared. Not even Moses got to go into the land. Unbelief, disobedience. Now, he uses that Old Testament story, and he, Psalms 95, years later, Psalms 95 quotes that today if you will hear his voice and not harden your heart, there is a rest God is still offering his people in himself that if you'll believe him, he'll give you rest. You'll find it in him. He said, that offer is still going on even after Cadiz, Barnea, and Numbers 14 failure. So, he's offering that. Now, let's pick up chapter 4, and a good 
way to study the Bible that may help you, take a little pen. Did you bring a pen or pencil? I want you, I'm using the ESV. I switched translations just to keep you confused. But today we're in the ESV, okay? On Wednesday night, I used my New American Standard because that's the one I went through school with. But anyway, uh, I counted in NIV, the word rest is used 11 times. ESV, it's 10 times. And just watch this now. See what God's talking about. Verse 1, do you see the word rest? The promise of entering his, circle that. The rest, just I want you to see this. Let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Reach what? What's the it? The rest. For good news came to us just as to them, this former generation, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Hearing the word of God will do you no good unless you believe it. Uh, you won't ever get to cast the check if you don't sign it. And the sign on God's promises to us is faith. I believe you, Lord. You don't have to prove it to me. If you said it, I believe it. Now, if you're a skeptic, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. Well, that just makes you an unbeliever. It doesn't change the promise. You just won't see it fulfilled for you. I don't believe the Bible. Well, you're just an unbeliever. You're just a fool. But we're glad you're here. I mean, it doesn't change anything. It's still true, whether you believe it or not. Well, I, I don't believe the Holocaust took place. Does that alter history? No, it, it really took place, whether you believe it or not. So many things. It does, but faith makes it yours. And he said, they didn't mix faith. So, they were not united by faith for those who listen. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said. As I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Now, why does he keep saying this? If you don't believe what I have said, and he goes back to Israel, you can't have my rest. And he's going to bring it right to the future. If you don't believe the message of the gospel, you'll never enter God's rest. Okay? He says it over and over. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it, the rest, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day. Today, saying through David, so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. Psalms 95 was written about 400 years after Numbers and 14, their failure. So, he's repeating, there's a rest. There's a rest. Just keeps repeating it. So, then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. 
For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sword of disobedience. Then he tells you, the Word of God is living. It's not just an old novel you read and you put on the shelf. No, it's a living, living Word, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to penetrate soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. He summarizes, God is talking to us, he's giving his word, and his word is penetrating our innermost being. It knows whether we believe or not, whether we're doubting or not. It knows, it has laid us bare, this word. Now, here's the first thing I think we've got to answer. What is the rest? What is the rest? Uh, count with me. Uh, verse, um, just, verse 1, rest. Uh, verse 3, rest. 3, rest. Uh, let's see down here. 4, rest. Uh, 5, rest. You add yours up. 10 to 11 times. So do you think God is talking about rest? Yes. But what's difficult, it's a difficult passage in this sense. He uses the rest to speak of the promised land. Is he offering the Hebrews here the promised land? Not, not the, the land for Joshua them to go into Canaan. No, that was historical. So he comes over here, rest. What are you talking about? So let me try to explain. The kind of rest God is talking about in the chapter. So Here's a list of them. Okay, number one, forfeited rest. Verse, chapter 3, verse 11. I offered you a rest, but you shall not enter my rest. Verse 11. A rest God will not give when you don't believe him. When you don't believe what God has to say, I take an oath that you don't get the rest. I, I promise you, I will not. I've taken an oath. If you will not believe me, there will be no rest for your soul. So, the forfeited rest. Then, the offered rest. Verse 1 of chapter 4. He's offering this again. No, listen. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, still being offered, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. The gospel... Here, it's still being presented. It's still being, and my fear for you is that you're going to let your opportunity slip by. It's being offered in the gospel, but you're not seizing it. You're not making it yours. I fear. Be, be careful. If they missed it, you can miss it. If they heard it, didn't believe it, you can hear it and not believe it. I'm saying you must enter in and believe God's promises if you are to be saved and to get his rest. So he said, God's making a present off offer to them. Then the message of rest. Look at verse 2 and 3. For good news came to us. 
What is the good news? Is the gospel. We've given you the good news that Christ has come and God has seen that our sins have been paid for in him and has resurrected him. And the good news is, I want to give you rest because of what I've done for you in the gospel, in Jesus. He's done the work. It's, it's a complete work. And I'm just asking, asking you to come and rest in it, to come and enjoy it. Believe it. Watch this, what he says now. The, we've given you this good news just as it was given to those in the past, but it didn't do them any good because it was not united by faith. For we who have believed enter that rest. Key verse, verse 3. We enter the rest that God's offering when we believe him, when we believe the gospel. So, here's a rest being offered. Here's the message. Message plus faith equals the rest. Message plus faith equals the rest. Then, he talks about God had a creation rest. And you got to get this. He goes on to say, For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has said somewhere that of the seventh day in this way, God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Now, you've got to get a picture of this. Does God get tired? I'm just exhausted. I, I need to put my foot up on the hassock, you know. No. He doesn't even sleep at night, right? He's a God that never sleeps. He's omnipotent. He's got more power than he's got projects. This God, spirit being, he doesn't have to maintain a body like us. Never. But he said he rested from his work. What does that mean? He was exhausted? No. If you study the account, in six days, the artist made the masterpiece, creation. He created in six days. Came to the seventh day, he rested. And the picture is not an exhausted God, but a God who accomplished in six days all that was necessary for creation. It's accomplished. I can rest. I completed it. It's done. And so the idea is his rest is his accomplishment. He accomplished creation. Ah, wait now, wait. Well, how is the gospel a rest? The gospel is rest in that God is saying, I have accomplished everything I needed to get done in Christ in order to save you. I, it's all been done. And so the rest of this book was, will be saying, don't be bringing me any more uh, Levitical priest. Don't be bringing me any more sacrifices. Don't be, bring, don't be bringing any more blood. Don't be, uh, matter of fact, quit your sanctuary worship. Uh, it's all worthless to me now. Why? It's been done. I want you to come and rest in what I've done and not in what you can do. Now, 
let, let me tell you, religions all over the world today, and especially the more pagan they are, are always offering uh, sacrifices, doing good. They're always conscious, I've got to do something to appease the gods. I've got to make the gods uh, happy. I've got to please them so they'll give us crops. They'll give us fertility. They'll give us children. The gods are always angry. I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. Christianity and the message of Hebrews says everything that needs to be done has been done except for you to believe it. That's the only thing. See, and it's so wonderful because uh, there's a little rhyme I learned years ago. I will not work my soul to save for that my Lord has done. But I'll work like any slave out of love for God's dear son. Amen. Did you get that? Yeah. I will not work my soul to save for that my Lord has done. But I'll work like any slave. And Paul said that. The grace of God in me made me work harder than you all. Has the grace of God made you do anything? But Paul said, look at me, 1 Corinthians 15. He just told the gospel, it moves me, it moves me. But I'm not trying to get saved. I'm saved. And I'm saved by what? My accomplishments or what God accomplished in his son. And so what he's saying, I'm calling you to a rest and matter of fact, I love this picture. We'll see it more. When Christ did his work, he was seated at the right hand of the Father, which is interesting. In the Old Testament synagogue or temple and the tabernacle, there were no chairs inside the tabernacle because the priest could never sit down. He was never done. But Christ is seated. All that was necessary to save us forever has been accomplished. And God said, I'm inviting you to my rest. I'm inviting you to my accomplishment. I'm only asking you in order to enter it is to believe me. Is it any easier? What, you, you know, all the church wants is your money. Well, maybe we do, but God doesn't. You can't pay enough money to go to heaven. You cheapskate. You can't buy your way. You can't work your way. You can't do enough to win. You're an insult to God to say, give me my little two cents worth will help improve my status with you. No, no, I come just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. That's my only plea. That's what he wants you to say. I, I looked up the words uh, of a song that goes this way, not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand to thee I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. All you can count on is what God has accomplished for us in Christ. Right. That's our rest. That's our rest. 
on your worst day, your most failing day, and the accuser comes and tells you what a lousy Christian you are, you ought to quit arguing with him and just admit it. Yeah, I am. I really did blow it. I did fail. I did this. I did that. I could tell God a hundred good reasons why I should not go to heaven. Do you have any? If not, ask your enemies. They know. There's only one reason I'm going. God did everything necessary to satisfy himself regarding me and my sinful situation in his son. And he's saying, would you enter by faith into this rest? Rest in my accomplishment. What I did in my sin. As I rested from the creation, there's a new creation being formed by my son. Rest in him. And I cannot tell you how many agitated, worried Christians there are about things eternal, fretting, wondering, wondering, are you resting? Resting. Let me, you don't mind me quoting a song. I've got another one here that it was uh, J. Hudson Taylor's faith. I love it. It's called Jesus, I'm resting, resting in you. It goes this way. Jesus, I'm resting. Resting in the joy of what thou art, I'm finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. Thou hast bid me gaze upon thee, and thy beauty fills my soul. For by thy transforming power, thou hast made me whole. I'm resting. I'm resting. Jansen Taylor said that in the middle of China, exhausted from his labor, exhausted from all of his efforts. And God flooded him with John 15. Abide in me. Rest in me. Rest in me. You remember what Jesus said to the religious crowd? Come unto me. You're bogged down with Judaism. You're bogged down with law. You're bogged down with trying to please God. Come to me and I'll give you rest. A deep rest. Christianity is resting in God. Resting in his work, resting in his power. What a one, all he's asking you to do. Believe me, believe me in my great accomplishment, and then I'll use you for my glory. But you must rest first. Are you resting in Christ today? Are you someone here that says, I could never be a Christian? I could never live that way. I, uh, could you ever believe God? Would you ever believe God? He's offering this salvation rest. Look at that verse down here if you see it over and over. Verse 9, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested, noted, from his works as God did from his. Is that beautiful? It just says, God says, no help needed. I've done everything. It's all in order. It's all ready. I just want you to believe it. It's yours just by believing me. You can enter in to what I promised in Christ. Just enter by faith. And there is the same struggle as there was back in Cadiz Barnea in Numbers 14. The majority don't believe it. The minority believe it. And only those who believe it get to cast in on the promise. What a wonderful 
blessing. And that brings us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Closing out our program, I'd like to leave you with our contact information, especially in light of the fact that this is a listener-supported ministry. And as you contact us, not only with prayer support, but financial support as well, we're able to continue the ministry, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Friday as well here on KFAX. Please prayerfully consider that as you contact us today with your gift. 855-833-9864 is our phone number. Again, that's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And another way to contact us, probably the easiest, is through our website, valleybible.org. It's there that you can even take advantage of our secure online donations. You can also take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth and walk in Christ. Again, valleybible.org. It's there that we also have a bit more information about who we are and what we believe and directions if you would like to join us for worship. Service times are at 9 and 11 this morning, and we'd love to see you face-to-face. And don't forget, as you partner with us financially and become a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a -a once-a-year special gift, along with access to Take a Break, which is the weekly devotional video by Pastor Phil. Find out more at valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.